0: Hello podcast listeners, this is David Benjamin, the host of the Healthy, Wild, and Free podcast. Today we have a very interesting and amazing guest on the show. Uh, His name is Dr. Lester Sawicki. He's a dentist, an author, and a Tai Chi teacher who lives in Austin, Texas. He has 40 years experience as a dentist, and he studied and taught Tai Chi for 30 years. His book on teeth whitening is titled The Teeth Whitening Cure, A Holistic Guide to Bright Smiles and Better Health in a Toxic World. He has also authored books on the martial arts and the poetry, all available at Amazon. Dr. Sawicki's personal interests include martial arts and meditation. He is the owner of the Fit4Zip Tai Chi Austin Fitness Center, which promotes the idea that exercise is medicine. Since 2004, he has been devoted to intensive research into the relationships between whole body detoxification, exercise, and slowing the aging process. And how are you doing today, Dr. Swicky?
1: Very good, David.
0: Glad I yeah, really
1: appreciate this opportunity to talk with you and your listeners. I think it'll be a lot of fun.
0: For sure. Thank you so much for being here. Someone with uh, as much experience as you in, in these different areas is very valuable to our listeners. So I, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, I want to start the interview really kind of how I start all of the podcasts and ask you, how did you get started in, into holistic dentistry and holistic health? What's what's your story?
1: That's an interesting story, David. Uh, first of all, just to clear the term holistic, I really don't consider myself a holistic dentist. Uh, generally, I'm a, I'm a general dentist and uh, I'd say that most dentists actually are holistic to some extent. So there's wide varieties and levels of uh, interest in relating the uh, the teeth, the gums, and the jawbone to the rest of the body. But all dentists basically are holistic dentists, in my opinion. I think it's a term that's overused. Uh, so uh, I went to dental school right after college, and uh, it's a pretty difficult process, uh, uh, just as hard as medical school and uh, any professional school, and once I got through the stress and training, started to open up my own practice, uh, which is still stressful, so it took me about 10 years to settle down to uh, get over all the stress of opening a practice, getting out of school, paying my, my bills. Uh, and so it gave me, after about 10 years, it gave me time to actually sit back and think about what am I doing. And uh, in, in dental school, we're all trained to do as little harm to the patient as possible. So that's our number one goal when you're in dental school, do not harm the patient. So you carry that on through your practice also. However, later on, there's a lot of information coming out uh, scientifically and in the media about uh, products that dentists have been using that are pretty harmful. And we, you know, 30 years ago, we didn't really think about it very much. Number one, amalgam, silver amalgam, mercury, and uh, fluoride. Those are the two basic. Uh, substances that we've been using. So I started to think about, well, are they harmful? Are they still useful? And uh, that's about the time of my life that I started to investigate not only dental materials, but also the food that we're eating and the air that we're breathing. You know, when you're so busy starting a business, your mind is so preoccupied that you don't have as much time to think about yourself and what you're doing to yourself. you're just trying to you know break even, and uh, create an income. So after about 10, 15 years, I started to think about, hey, what am I doing to myself? Uh, am I treating myself as well as I'm trying to keep my, uh, treat my patients? And that 's why I started to go inward and reconsider my life the uh, food i was eating and my the things I, would, I was drinking and my particular lifestyle so that's when i entered what you might what many people call holistic dentistry uh, i just uh, call it a higher level of understanding uh medicine in general
0: mhm interesting very cool so everything kind of led to that and and the the curious nature of, of practicing dentistry and these types of things uh, diet and all this kind of stuff led to that it's very cool uh, so yeah
1: related, you know and at the at the beginning I didn't really understand it wasn't in my mind that my diet is related to my teeth other than you know sugar causes cavities but I never thought about uh, organics never thought about that never thought about pesticides our, our chemicals or antibiotics in our foods. It wasn't in my mind or the mind of most dentists 30 years ago, uh, but now it's, it, it's pervasive. Everybody's thinking about that now. And uh, this is where I... That's when I started to I'm doing my little, little mini-research into uh, how the lifestyles that people are, are living is affecting their teeth, their oral
0: health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your book was, I really enjoyed your book. I think I read it about actually three or four years ago now. And I just thought it was interesting because at one point uh, I was actually looking around online at different teeth whitening uh, kind of kits, you know, the the whitening bleaches and things like that. And I realized most of them were toxic, chemical-based, bleach-based, and and those kind of those types of things. And so I looked for books and I found your book and I, I picked it up on Amazon and I found it really fascinating, really interesting. And uh, from reading your books, from actually reading that book and then uh, your other book as well, I've learned that our teeth as a society, as, as people, have basically weakened over time. The, the teeth, the, the gums and uh, just our jaw strength, if you will. So how and, and why has, has this occurred?
1: Yeah, but that's a that's a good question. Good question, David. Uh, a lot of people think that because we get more cavities now than we did fifty thousand years ago, then our teeth must actually be weaker. Uh, I'm not sure if the teeth themselves that we're born with are weaker now than they were for you know the cavemen. But what's definitely changed is modern man's Bite pressure force is weaker. Our strength for biting is definitely less now than it was when cavemen were hunting tigers for their meat and chewing the cartilage off bones. So I'm I'm pretty sure that the teeth we're born with aren't really weaker than they were for our cavemen. But we have not developed our biting force to our full potential. Now, here's a question for you, David. When's the last time you chewed a bone, let's say something simple like a chicken bone, right through to the marrow? And, you know, the marrow is the most nutritious part of the bone. Uh, When did you do that?
0: I I, I don't think I've ever done that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's really pretty simple. Chicken bones are soft compared to the bones of tigers. Uh, bird bones are soft. Cavemen, they chew the bones. Not even cavemen, I mean, even now, plenty of cultures chew the bones and dig right into the bone marrow. Wow. Take a nutritious part. But today, a few people uh, actually chew the bone or crack nuts with their teeth. Uh, our diet today is really generally soft. It's sticky. It's mushy, fast food, and that sticks to your teeth and it plugs up your throat. That's why, you know, like a toilet bowl, and I hate to bring up this uh, comparison, but like a toilet bowl, we have to wash our food down our main pipe with supersized sodas. You know, it's, it just plugs up our throat, and it's fast food. So, you know, we're no longer chewing hard, tough foods that pump up and strengthen our chewing muscles known as muscles of mastication. Now, that's why our jaw muscles and facial bones don't develop to the degree of our ancestors. Our bite force capability is much less now than it was then. So, you know, what's really interesting is that the tooth structure we're born with probably hasn't changed. But... We're not developing the biting force, so we're not developing a protective armor that our teeth are capable of having. Now, what do I mean by protective armor? When you bite hard foods like breaking nuts and seed casings and chewing bone, this causes microscopic fractures in your tooth enamel and dentin. Now, like bone, the fractures are going to heal. And they're going to restructure into a harder, stronger tooth, able to withstand future greater forces against breakage. So you see the benefits of, of of biting hard, raw nuts and seeds and bones is that your tooth restructures itself from all these little microscopic fractures. And that's normal. This is a normal part of life. It has to happen for your teeth to become resistant as you grow older. So, you know, when you're a young child, you've got a strong tooth. They say the tooth is the strongest part of the body, stronger than bone. And as you age, the teeth actually become stronger, more resistant to breakage through this process of micro-fracturing when you're biting hard substances. So, you know, this is the same bone remodeling or truth remodeling that occurs in the bones of martial artists. See, a martial artist, they train their body by breaking boards and bricks, either with their head, their elbows, you know, any part of the body. They train it to become stronger to break boards and for self-defense. Each time they bust a brick, the bones in their hands crack into these little micro fractures, and that's the same thing That happens with teeth enamel. The fracture isn't large enough to cause pain or prevent normal hand works, you know, for the martial artist, but the fractures do happen, and it happens with teeth. So the hand or the body part of the uh, karate expert or martial artist, it restructures and it heals into a stronger, denser bone so that... With time, they can bust through the next bigger-sized brick. And it's a process of breaking the bricks, fracturing the bone in the hand, and then breaking uh, bigger bricks, and then fracturing some more. And, and your, your bones just get stronger and stronger. Same thing with the teeth. Hmm. So that's why I'm saying the teeth we're born with, I don't think today they're really weaker than our ancestors, hmm. but they're exercised enough. To develop into their full potential, that that armor that gives you the full strength potential of your teeth.
0: Right, that makes sense. So having the uh, doing.
1: Let me me put this in for a second. Okay. Uh, If readers, any of your readers are training in hard style martial arts like karate, kung fu, you know, things that are real hard. You know, you know, you're training with a real expert a real expert teacher, if they give you special herbal solutions to soak your hands and feet in on a daily basis because that helps your your bones and your hands uh, heal faster. So if you're breaking bricks and boards without soaking your hands in herbs, then the repeated stress and injury might deform your hands. So that's important for your martial artists to to know how uh, to protect their, their hands and their health. So the far, the final question is, does it really matter if your bite force is strong or weak? You know, who cares? People are living today to, you know, to a hundred years without their teeth. Why why is a bite force important? Why why have why develop this armor in your tooth? You know, a few people today have time to chew bones and cartilage to break nuts open. It's time consuming work, so you know, we just go straight to the soft foods. Well, first of all, if you want to have all your teeth when you're 100 years old, teeth exercise and meditations will help you succeed better than any toothpaste, mouthwash, or dentist. Science has also shown that doing exercises to strengthen bite forces drives more oxygen to your brain. Now, do you think that's important, David, having more oxygen to your brain?
0: Yeah, definitely. I'd imagine that helps with... Uh, preventing mental uh, decline and things like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oxygen to the brain is the number one goal of athletes and high-level thinkers. You try to be an athlete without having your, you know, without trying to without b- thinking straight, you're not going to get very far. You need oxygen to the brain more than the average person. Anyone trying to pr- improve their position in life. If you want better health, if you want more money, etc., you need to keep oxygen flowing to your brain. And nothing's better than teeth exercise and meditation to do it. Aerobic exercise isn't good enough. Yeah, it, it gets your heart pumping and it'll get oxygen to your brain. But you need to do your workout, including your teeth and jaws. Do your aerobics while you're doing teeth and jaw exercise and that's when you really get the full potential of oxygen flowing to your your brain well strong jaws might even save your life someday and uh... you can read my book teeth and mortal combat uh... how to turn on your basic instinct to survive if you'd like to to learn more about how important it really is to have strong teeth and and jaws uh, but anyways that's a that's an interesting topic. I enjoy talking about it
0: mm-hmm. so as as far as the the teeth and jaw exercises, I know you talk a bit about uh, tapping teeth or teeth tapping, which I believe is chinese correct
1: well i don 't know if it's Chinese, but certainly the Chinese martial artists and qigong practitioners uh, include that in their in their practice yeah'm I'm, I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if uh, you see that somewhere in India, too, you know, the yoga practitioners, but definitely the Chinese brought it out into the open, yes mm-hmm.
0: And what exactly is that, and how, how would someone go about doing that to strengthen their teeth and jaw?
1: Well, first of all i want to I want to issue a strong okay. warning to your listeners. Teeth tapping, that's your question, right?
0: Teeth
1: tapping? Yeah. Tapping. Teeth tapping is a very dangerous exercise without personal instruction. I I just have to warn you from a dentist's point of view.
0: Okay.
1: I do do know people that have cracked their teeth doing teeth exercises incorrectly. If you don't do it right, you're going to break your tooth, and it's hard to give the right instructions over the telephone or through a video. You need someone to watch you and to tell you if you're doing it safely. But uh, so let's just, just to clear that up, anything I say, I'm not recommending you try teeth tapping on your own without some personal instruction. But uh, let's just say that, uh, you know, teeth tapping is what I was just discussing. It causes fractures in your teeth, and strengthens the teeth. Uh, plus, it drives oxygen to your brain. So, you see, these uh, Chinese martial artists and the qigong practitioners—it's a—it's uh, a way—it's an exercise that they—they uh, they have brought public that strengthens your teeth, strengthens your jawbone, and uh, drives oxygen to your brain. You know, we—we we weren't doing that. Uh, until it was uh, introduced by Chinese Qigong practitioners. Uh, I do teeth, teeth tapping exercises. I do give some very, very basic instruction in, in my books. One of the books is uh, is uh, Yin Ain't Yang, uh, The Ancient Way to Better Health, that talks about teeth tapping. And I give some uh, uh, other instructions in my Teeth and Mortal Kombat uh, book. But that's the basic premise. You tap your teeth, uh, you create micro-fractures, the tooth rebuilds itself into something stronger. Uh, Now, the thing about teeth tapping is all your teeth have to come together evenly. You know, when you're tapping your teeth, you have to be right in the middle, right right in the spot, the bullseye. If one corner of your tooth isn't in alignment eventually it's going to break because it can't handle the stress of the tapping. Now, even if you have a tiny dental filling in your tooth, that can affect the uh, tapping because uh, the tiniest dental filling that's put in a tooth, and it doesn't matter if it's amalgam silver mercury or the modern tooth-bonded fillings, any filling in your tooth is going to reduce this, strength of your tooth by around 30%. And a large filling, you know, some of these huge silver fillings and crowns, they can weaken your tooth by 80% or more. So if you have one, two, or three fillings and you start tapping your teeth, sure, your other teeth will feel strong, but the teeth with fillings are more susceptible to fracture. Uh, Plus, if you have veneers or cosmetic veneers or porcelain uh coverings on your teeth. They can fracture if you're teeth tapping. So it's a very dangerous exercise to do, uh, unless you're pretty familiar with your teeth and I'd recommend your listeners uh, uh talk to your talk to their dentist to find out what kind of fillings they have, how big they are and uh kind of clear that up before they start tapping the teeth. Now You know, there are ways to just introduce yourself into tapping very, very lightly, very, very carefully, and I give those instructions in my books. Uh, So just if you do experiment, I sure wouldn't advise anyone to just start banging their teeth together like two hands clapping. Hmm. That's not the way to tap teeth.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, Just to give you a general idea, you know, Tai Chi has a lot of movements that are like cracking a whip. If you've studied Tai Chi or you haven't, just imagine cracking a whip. Teeth tapping is like Tai Chi, and it's actually part of Tai Chi training, tapping your teeth, where the whip cracks, but the person holding it doesn't crack. So, you know, in the mouth, if we're talking about teeth tapping, The whip cracks open the walnut, but it won't crack the tooth. And without studying Tai Chi, you might not understand what that means. But it's a pretty interesting uh, sort of imagination that you're cracking open a a walnut like a whip. But if you do it correctly, you won't crack your tooth. Hmm.
0: Very interesting. Well thank you for that, that uh, warning and, and the depth of understanding with that because the last thing I want my, the listeners to do out of this podcast is to go and uh, break their teeth open and have all sorts of issues. so that's thank you for clarifying that. Uh, as far as, as diet is concerned, obviously like you talked about, you know diet plays a role in, in strengthening the teeth and the jaw and uh, keeping the teeth healthy. So what, in your kind of research and discovery, what what did you find that diet played, how did you find how diet played a role in that and what what do you recommend as far as that's concerned?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see where, how little, how quickly... I can say this Maybe a lot we- of people a lot of people today uh, are being exposed to various diets like uh, the uh, paleo diet the uh, raw food diet uh, vegetarian diet vegan diet you know there there is like every diet imaginable out there uh, so. When we talk about diet, I'm not going to say that one diet is better for your teeth than another. The teeth are just considered part of your body. So I like to look at a diet as, is it good for my body? And uh, if it's good for my body, it'll be good for my uh, my teeth also. So... Uh, just to give you some background on my experience, you know, because I, I put a lot of research into this, and I've tried probably almost every diet that's out there. You know, I've tried to see, is it really benefiting me? Uh, people have their own experiences, and, and they, people make all types of claims that this diet is better than that diet. So, you know, rather than listen to people, well, I thought, golly, let's try it. Uh, Because I want to prove it. So, uh, but you know, just to give you a little background on myself, uh, I'm going to tell you the things I, the mistakes I made before I started to get into something healthier. And I think way back before you were born, you know, we've always, we even had Cheerios back then. (laughs) And uh, when I was a little kid, my parents gave me a good breakfast of bacon and eggs. You know, I I, I felt, I feel bacon and eggs. Uh, steak potatoes I feel that they're clean free of pesticides they're pretty healthy foods but actually so I, I always had a pretty good diet but back then I also wanted to be like Superman because he was on the box of Cheerios and uh, I enjoyed watching his television programs so I ate a lot of Cheerios with a couple teaspoons of sugar sprinkled that was a big mistake on my part and uh, because of that, I developed some cavities. Unfortunately, my parents didn't really understand nutrition. You know, they didn't have the education that we have now, the uh, access to information. So they let you know. I had my breakfast of bacon and eggs, but I also had my little bowl of Cheerios with sugar. I developed cavities. That's why I developed a junk food habit, eating a lot of sweets and sodas through, you know, college and even after college. Today I've got a lot of fillings and crowns in my teeth. I I don't have a perfect set of teeth, but at least I've still got all my teeth except for my wisdom teeth. Those were removed (laughs) early on. But at the age of uh, 35, right about 35 is when I started to investigate holistic dentistry, as you call it and diets. I eliminated junk food from my diet and I kept my snacks to just organic ingredients. Uh, so I, was, I started my experimenting there, eliminated junk food, but in my organic snacks there were still a lot of sugars and it was really difficult for me to, to stop eating sweets. Uh, so I'd say that probably the first thing I tried was a fruitarian diet, right around between the age of 35 and 40. I went all fruit, squeezing fruits, fruit juices. Maybe did that for six months, a year. I, I can't recall exactly, but I squeezed a heck of a lot of lemons, oranges, grapefruits. You know, and people say, hey, a fruitarian diet has, has restored their health, it saved their lives, and maybe it did. Uh, however, I didn't really feel uh, I didn't feel like it made a tremendous impact on my life. Other than the acids from the lemons, the oranges, and the grapefruit started to dissolve the enamel in my teeth, and uh, that was a problem. And even working as a dentist for 10, 15 years, and all my experience and education, I still can't believe today that I made that great mistake of drinking lemons, oranges, and grapefruit drinks four, six months, uh, dissolved a lot of my enamel. And, and and I, I, so I don't believe that a fruitarian diet totally is, uh, is good for you unless you rinse out your mouth with, you know, uh, right after you drink, you rinse out your mouth with, uh, some kind of spring water that can neutralize the acids.
0: So later on,
1: I was done with that diet and I went to a raw foodist diet and, uh, I did that for a long time, several years, maybe ten years, at least 10, 15 years. I was trying to be a raw foodist. I, you know, I, I sporadically put in some cooked food, but most of my food was eaten raw—raw raw vegetables, raw kale, and raw carrots. And you know, and you know what I found this is that the enamel of my teeth wore down even more. And people don't know this, but raw plants are real abrasive to the enamel, you start chewing a lot of plants and it wears down your teeth. And, you know, did you know, David, that wild animals like beavers and mole rats, they eat a lot of abrasive plants that wears down their teeth, but their teeth continually grow back to Hmm. replace enamel. Our teeth do not grow back. And some vegetarian animals, like cows, horses, camels, etc., you know, they actually die from losing their teeth due to abrasion of the raw vegetables or raw plants.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: plants, over a long period of time, uh, can not only be harmful to the teeth, but it's, they're really hard to digest. And I know a lot of people out there are saying raw food is the way to, to live, and we've got athletes that are raw foodists and all that. But I'm talking about living to 100, and 120, 150, because not long from now, a lot of people are going to be living to 120 and 150, and they're going to want their teeth. I'm surprised my teeth survived as well as they have, but uh, raw foods daily over many, many years can be a problem uh, when it comes to your enamel. Now, uh, I'm not saying to avoid raw foods. Uh, I don't avoid raw foods. I still eat them, but I also cook them. A lot of my food, so I mix. I mix it up. Uh, you know, a lot of people they say, "Hey, elephants are vegetarians. Gorillas are vegetarians." And man, these are some of the strongest animals in nature. And gorillas rarely get cavities in their teeth. Um, mountain gorillas, they never suffer from tooth decay. Uh, you know, so their their food diet has to be good, right? They don't get tooth decay keeps their teeth strong, they don't have very many fruits or sugars. But gorillas get bad tartar and they wear down their enamel from chewing raw plant leaves. This leads to gum disease and dissolving of the jaw bones. So gorillas are really strong, but people don't think about their teeth. And gorillas lose their teeth and uh, same thing with, with elephants. Mature elephants usually die. Because of tooth loss from eating raw foods, so if you're going to, if you plan on living to be 120, and I, I hope you, David, and everyone else listening, at least are going to live to 120, and it's going to be longer. I really feel if you want your teeth without the need of dental fillings or crowns, if you want to preserve your teeth, I think eating a raw food diet over the next 50. 60, 80 years is going to be a problem. Uh, I think it's better if you kind of mix it up a little bit, cooking and raw.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. The the cool thing about that too is that, like you said, it's no one diet is the way the the truth. You know, it's not it's not really like that. So kind of mixing it up and having that diversity allows you to be. I think allows your teeth to be more resilient. But then also if for example, if you're eating a lot of fruit and you have the fruitarian diet and then you start mixing it up, your teeth kind of build this resilience. And uh, if you were wrong about one thing and you start mixing it up, well, it's not as bad because now you have different foods and categories, if you will, in your diet. So it's not going to be as detrimental. But that's that's really interesting about the, the gorilla and elephant. I, I hadn't heard that before, so that's interesting to hear. Uh because no one talks about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know,
1: people don't talk about teeth. Nobody likes to talk about teeth, uh, other than the dentist. And even even Weston Price, you know, he went uh, to the north to check out the Ala- the Eskimos,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he's saying, "Hey, Eskimos, lots of uh, lots of seal fat and and moose meat." <laughs> And bear and and uh, you know polar bear meat and they've got they don't have cavities. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they don't have cavities, but the Eskimos have a problem with their teeth, even though they don't have cavities. Eskimos, uh, particularly the women, uh, at least in the past—I don't know about right now—but in the past, they would chew animal hides with their teeth to soften up the animal hides, and they'd mix it up with their saliva to turn the hides into clothing. And they would chew a lot, these hides, and over time, they chewed their teeth down to the gum line. So, yeah, they have cavities, but they didn't have any teeth to chew with either because they're abrading them with animal hides. So, you know, you have to be careful what... What people are saying and, uh, and kind of try to look behind the scenes. Uh, what you do with your teeth, the foods you're eating, they abrade the teeth. The things we're drinking, they dissolve the enamel. And uh, you know, you have to just be aware of the habits that you have that can destroy your teeth even though you're not getting cavities. So maybe a vegetarian diet is good for your teeth, and you're not going to get cavities, but it might wear down the enamel of your teeth, uh, which can affect the life of your tooth. Hmm.
0: Interesting.: So eating meat.
1: Eating meat is not going to wear down your enamel. Yeah chewing bones might to a point, but eating meat won't, but you start chewing uh, a lot of uh, these tough, fibrous plants seeds uh, without cooking them and you plan on living to be 120 or 150 you're going to start you start hitting the ages of 90 to 100 you're going to start cracking your teeth and breaking them uh, due to uh, a weakening from all those raw foods
0: mm-hmm. Let's talk a bit about what your first, well, what, I don't know if it's your first book, but one of your books talks about, and that's teeth whitening. Uh, people have this, they want to have this amazing image, glowing white teeth, and you had some really great information in, in, your, in your book, and what, what are some just kind of daily routine-based tips and, and practices that you can share that can help listeners whiten their teeth naturally and just keep their, keep their teeth looking nice, basically?
1: Uh, You know, the funny thing about teeth whitening is that I think due to Hollywood, people might be putting too much emphasis on white teeth. It's a problem in our society, um, mainly in America. You know, they don't really think much about white teeth in other countries in the world. But America and Hollywood and, uh, has really done something to our self-image. So uh, everybody wants white teeth. Putting too much emphasis can be a problem. Teeth are beautiful, you know. Uh, what's important is the personality of the person behind the teeth. You know, if you want to be successful, you, usually you don't need white teeth Unless you're, and even if you're an actress, you don't need white teeth because on your photos and magazine pictures, they touch them up. They turn them whiter than they actually are. Yeah, so true. The, the pictures you're seeing, they're not really uh, the true color of the teeth. But if you want to keep your teeth as light as possible, there's some very, very simple things you can do every day. And uh, I gave a formula in my book which I believe is the best and safest formula involving hydrogen peroxide, uh, food-grade hydrogen peroxide. You know, the stuff you buy at the store has stabilizers in it. I don't trust that in my mouth. Uh, Yeah, maybe on the skin, if you cut yourself, you want to throw some peroxide on it. It's not too bad. But I would still rather have food-grade, which is the purest peroxide you can get. So I have formulas and steps in my book to uh, help explain, help you through the process of using food-grade hydrogen peroxide on your teeth, plus some other steps. But if we want to just do something simple, you can do every single day. Here's what, we, here's what you do. After every meal, swish and rinse your mouth with natural spring water, because uh, you're going to stain your teeth with your food no matter how hard you try not to. You eat, it's going to have color. It's going to stain your teeth. So if you you can swish your mouth real quickly uh, with spring water right after you eat, it's going to wash off some of those stains. Now, one of the best cleaning tools for your teeth is actually your fingertip. Toothbrushes work really well because they can get into the crevices. But, you know, most people just see the front teeth. So you can, right after you eat and you swish, you can rub your front teeth with your with your fingertip. And that's actually better than a toothbrush to remove stains off your teeth. It creates a lot of friction, and it'll rub off the superficial stains. And you want to brush and floss uh, at least once a day. That'll help clean in the little nooks and uh, cranny little nooks and corners. Of your teeth. Now, if you're really self-conscious about your tooth color, you want to keep them as pearly white as possible, then you have to avoid the brightly colored foods and beverages such as you know the dark green kale, the bright red tomato paste, the blueberries, the coffee, the cacao, the red wine, all those bright colors, they're going to penetrate your enamel and stain your teeth. So, you, unfortunately, you know, if you want white teeth to that degree, you have to avoid those foods. Uh, plus, uh, you want to reduce the carbonated beverages you drink because, uh, you know, if you drink carbonated sodas, the, the fizzy stuff, and even even carbonated water, you know, the waters you can buy at the store with carbonation without any sugar. Those carbonated beverages are like acid and they actually are acid they have a ph below seven and uh they're acidic so you drink that stuff and it's going to etch your enamel it's going to etch the pores of your enamel giving more surface area for food stains to get trapped so uh you know you you avoid carbonated sodas and drinks to prevent the uh, food colorings from staining deeper into your enamel pores. Uh, and then uh, finally, if you're really, really uh, worried about your teeth, then you can check out my book. It's The steps in my book are a little complex. It's not an easy process, but, you know, keeping your teeth white is not easy either. It takes a lot of work because just by... You know, daily living, your teeth are going to get stained. Even by breathing, you know, the the air out there, it has, uh, there, there are metallic particles in the air that you're breathing. And if you breathe through your mouth, and we don't, you know, I don't recommend breathing through your mouth. It's better to breathe through your nose. But if you breathe through your mouth, you're going to stain your teeth just from breathing the toxic air out in the big cities.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that before either. Uh so okay those are great tips is there anything uh I know some people and I've I think I've oh, I have done this before used something kind of abrasive like uh, like baking soda that might be a little I don't know if that's extreme or not but it, it definitely works what do you think about that
1: Yeah baking soda works well it's Just, a good cl- cleaning agent uh you, you know the, the the smaller the particle the less abrasive so you're going to get, uh, on the market, there are teeth cleaners that have abrasive particles. They all have them in there. And uh, the size of the abrasive particle is, is what's really important. Okay. So you are, uh, Actually, there's so much information on the Internet that you can find out the uh, abrasive properties of uh, most of the toothpastes out there. And you pick the one that's least abrasive. I'm not going to, I give out, in my book I think I mentioned something, but I don't want to talk about any particular manufacturer's name. I don't want to promote any one company.
0: Right.
1: You can get all the information you want on the internet about the abrasive properties of your toothpaste or tooth powders. And you pick the one that's least abrasive. And they've done studies that have that information.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. That's a a good tip because I I think right now I use a natural toothpaste, but it is a little bit abrasive because it has a a, a clay or two in the toothpaste. So I don't know if that's a a good long-term option or idea necessarily. But, okay.
1: Hard to say. You know, long-term, hard to say what's going to happen over 10 years. But uh, you just want to... uh, uh, I personally don't use a toothpaste. You know, to clean my teeth, I just use dry brushing. I think dry brushing is the healthiest way to uh, keep your teeth and gums uh, clean and healthy. It's the healthy way for oral care. Dry brushing, where you just put the toothbrush in your mouth and you start brushing. Um, but uh, and then when I've when I see stains developing, then I will use an abrasive product, but I don't use uh, every day uh, abrasive paste. It's just occasionally. Hmm.
0: That's a great tip, and that's it's funny you mention that too because sometimes I don't use a toothpaste at all. I'll just use my toothbrush. Uh, it just kind of feels right. It feels more more uh, not as, like you know not as abrasive and just more uh, balanced and neutral, if you will. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about. Disease and, and teeth. A lot of people. Yeah. Well,
1: let me interrupt you for a second. You brought okay. up a good point that you felt that uh, using a just a plain toothbrush feels more balanced. Now, balance is a good word to bring about when you talk about toothbrushing, because little kids, you know, let's say you're trying to teach your little kid to brush well. Little kids have a toothbrush in their mouth. They start running all over the house. They can fall and very, very uh, dangerously pierce the, their mouth with their toothbrush. It's pretty dangerous to have little kids running around uh, the, the, you know, the bathroom or wherever you're brushing your teeth. So my my strong recommendation to everyone, not just little kids, but to adults is dry brushing. You know why? Because dry brushing you can do anytime, anywhere. You can dry brush in the car, you can dry brush sitting on your sofa watching uh, television, working on your computer. The worst place, the very last place you want to be when you brush your teeth is bending over a sink looking in a mirror in your toilet. That is such a terrible place a filthy place! Your toilet to be brushing your teeth, spitting out toothpaste. It's just amazing that somehow our society has developed that habit. The best place to brush your teeth is number one: dry brushing. So that when you develop saliva, when the particles come off your teeth, you just swallow it. Those are that's healthy matter. You know, healthy food matter that's on your teeth. You just swallow it. And get more nutrition, and you can do that safely. You take your little kid, you sit on the couch with your with your child, and you brush brush the teeth while you're sitting, and nobody's running around is very, very safe and there's no excuse not to brush your teeth if you can do it in your car on uh, your sofa in front of your computer, no excuse not to brush your teeth when you dry brush.
0: Very cool. That's that's a great tip. And, yeah, brushing your teeth. I, I actually brush my teeth in the shower just because I, it, it kind of works for me. Uh, but it's, I guess it wouldn't be dry brushing then necessarily, but, it you know, I guess it just works for me. Uh, so I want to talk a bit about uh, disease in, in the teeth. A lot of people believe in kind of stemming from Weston Price's philosophy that disease begins in the teeth and in the mouth. Have you seen any correlation with this, maybe with your patients, or seeing how teeth deteriorating can lead to other problems and health overall and longevity?
1: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy to see. You start looking in the mouth of people that are sick, yeah. and their teeth, and their gums at least, not necessarily the teeth, but definitely the gums re- reflect the health of chronically ill people. Uh, may not it may not show up in your gums at the beginnings of your disease, but if you've had diabetes for a while, you know a number of years, you're going to see that your gums, if you're if you're not a controlled diabetic, you're going to see that your gums are not healthy. They're they bleed easily, they're falling away from the uh, from the tooth, they're receding. And this is a sign that uh, the inflammation caused by diabetes is extending into the into your gums. Uh, even even you can see a quick result even with women that are pregnant. As soon as a woman becomes pregnant, the hormones change, and all of a sudden their gums start to uh, bleed. Not for all, but for all, many women, uh, as soon as they're pregnant, the gums will puff up a little bit, and they'll start to bleed a little. And so right there, the relationship between being pregnant, changes in the hormones, uh, reveals itself in the gums. So it's so easy uh, as a dentist, when, when you look in the mouth, you can see definitely the teeth and the gums are related to the health of the body. Uh, now, I'm not sure it's been proven that... Uh, Swollen gums will, will cause diabetes or heart disease. I don't think that's been proven, but they know there's a connection somehow because the bacteria that are flowing through the, uh, bacteria and hormones that are flowing through the bloodstream, they know that there's a connection. If your gums are not healthy, there's a good chance that the unhealthy bacteria in your gums or on your teeth is traveling through your bloodstream and depositing in different parts of your body into different organs and possibly infecting those organs. Uh, so that's why rather than wait for proof that diseased gums are going to cause uh, heart disease, it's just safer. Just, just brush your teeth and your gums uh, mm-hmm sure
0: yeah and uh, that's uh, that's very interesting that the the bacteria and things can can go through the gums and and into different areas of the body but it makes complete sense I mean what what you apply to your skin gets into your bloodstream and can get anywhere Uh, obviously your bloodstream flows throughout your whole body so that that does make a lot of sense uh, for health a health good health and longevity reason to take care of your your teeth and gums Uh, there's a lot of, obviously, you know, we talked about some different foods, uh, diets, and things like that. Uh, Are there any kind of specific plants, foods, herbs, spices, oils, or things along those lines that maybe uh, three or four that you'd recommend that, that have been proven to be good for teeth and to keep teeth and gums healthy?
1: Actually, David, uh, if you're a healthy person, you don't need any special vitamin C or CoQ10. You know, vitamin C or CoQ10 are, are good for the gums. If you're a relatively healthy person, you don't need supplements for your gums. Uh, you don't need special herbs. Now, if you're ill, if you have a, an illness, uh, a disease... And uh, tooth decay is a disease, actually. Well, then all you need to do is try to eat a good diet, which, you know, we've talked about, like, which diet is best for you, best for me. Well, eliminate the junk food, you know. I'm not going to say that there's a particular herb. Yeah, they've done studies, and they say licorice root uh, is good for gum disease. You know, CoQ10 is good for gum disease, but... Uh, I, you know, when you start playing around with that, and I and I have done that, I've spent a ton of money experimenting with different supplements that are healthy for the gums, healthy for you know the bones. You're kind of uh, guessing. You're guessing. Well, is this licorice going to work for me, or or does it just work for the other person? You know, should I? You know, CoQ10 is expensive. Uh, all these, uh, so many supplements are very expensive. So I did a lot of experimentation, and I'm not going to say that uh, one or four or or a dozen herbs or foods are good for your teeth. But I will say, if a person is is worried or they have an issue, I tr- I have decided. I'm going to go with history, and history means medicine that's been proven over thousands of years, Uh, basically Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese herbal medicine, but that to me has been proven. They have herbal uh, pills and, and, and mixtures that have been proven to be not only good for your teeth and gums, but good for your overall organ health. So there's an issue. I recommend people go see an acupuncturist or an Ayurvedic doctor. That's what I do. Every month I go to my acupuncturist, and if I have an issue, I'll go more often. Uh, Rather than trying to guess, you know, should I spend $40 on this bottle of CoQ10 for my gums? And it might or it might not work. It's guesswork. And I also don't believe that dowsing, is a good way to uh, to see, is this supplement going to help me? You know, you've got the people out there dowsing, and then you've got muscle testing. Is this, uh, go to somebody for muscle testing, and they'll say, this is the supplement you need. I've done that. I've gone to dowsers. I've gone to muscle testers, and none of them, and I will tell you, none of them to the T have helped me when I have an issue and so, uh, yeah, there are a few, a few people that have the talent, and but there are too many amateurs out there bawzing and muscle testing, telling people to take this uh, supplement for their gums, which uh, is just a, as far as I'm concerned, a big waste of money. Uh, stick with a regular diet. Use tested medicine. Acupuncturist and uh, Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, I might get into trouble, but I would be very, very leery of people prescribing me medicine and drugs because of dowsing or uh, muscle testing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for me, in my experience, it's uh, I've had some of uh, everything you've mentioned, and there there is a I I agree with you on that. There is more value and uh, benefits to the historical uh, medicinal practices that have been around for thousands of years. I completely agree. Uh, That's not to say, I I don't personally see all of the the newer methods, muscle testing and things like that, as discredited discredited or anything like that, but I definitely think there's more value in those historical kind of things. Uh, So just to sum that up, basically stay away from the junk. Uh, eat healthy and uh, acupuncture and just kind of do what's right for you don't uh necessarily depend on what some what may or may not be working for someone else kind of would be uh how i'd, I'd kind of sum that up uh so okay so it was sort of everything i'm doing with the healthy wild and free podcast uh most of the listeners are very health conscious they're fitness conscious. Uh, they have a many of them have spiritual practice. Are there any health, fitness, wellness, spirituality practices that can help an individual grow in their mind, body, spirit uh, to stay healthier and and feel better in their life? And it could be anything related to, uh, uh, you know, teeth health, gum health, or anything beyond that that you'd recommend.
1: I don't recommend any particular. Uh,
0: school or system,
1: I do just recommend in general what they call mindfulness. In other words, put your mind inside your body. Today we have so much technology and so much information that our mind is always outside our body trying to grasp this information. We're not... Uh, we. we I believe we can become healthier and more relaxed in life if we take time out, and it does take a little bit of time, but you take time out and you put your mind inside your body and uh, kind of drop out of drop out of the uh, the system that's everything that's happening around you. So no, I'm not going to recommend any particular practice exercise or system but other than just general mindfulness and there's a, any any system that uses mindfulness is uh, is going to benefit you any 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 system meditation uh, prayer uh, depending on how you pray that has <laughs> there's a problem right there but you have to you have to uh, put your mind inside your body and uh, examine your body and the energy within you and around you. And you've got yoga, you've got Tai Chi, you've got Qigong, you've got uh, uh, all these different systems that do that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, I think mindfulness is just uh, something to practice that really helps you be more aware and in tune to find your own path. And I think that's something you've reiterated a lot in this podcast is, finding your own path and your own uh, knowing that your path is not the same as everyone out there and being mindful and, and practicing that allows you to kind of gravitate towards what works best for you. So I think that's a great way to, uh, to wrap up the interview. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners uh, in, in regards to health wellness? And uh, one last question, where, where can our listeners find you online, your books and your work?
1: No, I, I just enjoyed this. I'm I I'm grateful that you contacted me and you gave me this opportunity to uh share my time with you and uh exchange some ideas. I really appreciate that David. And, and I hope uh, your listeners benefited also from from our time together.
0: I'm I'm sure they will. And uh once again, thank you so much and Re- revolutiontooth.com is is your website with the the teeth books, correct? Yes okay awesome i'll put I'll link that up in the show notes and and the book as well uh, thank you so much for your time and uh, have an awesome rest of the day
1: okay David bye
0: take care now bye